bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After Things. Live in Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young, and over there in Oakland, California, it's... Brian Brushwood just got done eating a salad, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. For, for anyone following my behind-the-scenes uh, body issues, body dysmorphia, uh, I've lost 10% of my body. It's gone. Yep. As I said to you before the show, only 90% to go before you're happy. <laughs> Hey, so uh, the GOP debate was the other night, and it was – I've read a a few different articles, one of which was a fascinating dissection of um, how weird it is to be Fox News where you are on one level a social platform for a very specific political agenda. On another issue, you've got this entire stratum – of, of journalists who want very bad to have credibility for being uh, good journalists. And then you also have this weird, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you have a ratings beast that is incredibly, incredibly popular and successful. And so uh, the one article that I read specifically dissected uh, the fact that, that Trump has been a regular on Fox News. It's the reason he's the front runner on the GOP side of things. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Well, well, well I mean, or, or to some degree, like, like he has been accessible and shown up a lot, and that's a very loud megaphone for him to have. But then at some level, apparently internally, there was like a decision made where it's like, uh, yeah, we can't actually have Trump be our platform's candidate. Uh, do me a favor, crush him in the debates. And so you had Megyn Kelly just eviscerate him as a, as a, you know, essentially a racist and a misogynist and all that stuff. Uh, that the, basically the, the hand that fed him turned around and, 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 and bit him. If that makes sense at all. Uh, the reason I bring all this up is number one, I love hearing your insights about uh, political, you know, as, as you've said before, you have no stomach for governance. That's boring, but politics is freaking amazing and wonderful. Yeah. And of course, uh, what I'm really doing is I'm plugging the fact that the contender, your game of political debate, that of course you don't have to know anything about politics in order to enjoy, uh, is, uh, is almost triple funded over at uh, Kickstarter. So if you just search for the contender, I uh, want to give a plug for that early on. But, uh, but what was it like watching the debate for you? Well, yeah. Well, we did a live, a live stream, uh, a, a companion live stream, which we got. We got a great audience for. We had like you know, uh, you know, we we had a, a bunch of people, a couple, a couple hundred people watching the debate with us. Which, considering the fact that we weren't showing the debate, was uh, a pretty rad thing. It kind of shows you how much people are focusing on. You know that that's that's an uncommon crowd. You know the ratings that they got for this debate are is very 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 uncommon, uh, considering we're still like six months away from the first Iowa caucus, which means like pretty much. Like, I, I believe I believe uh, Fox has been crowing that it is the highest numbers for cable television uh, news ever. Full stop. I would not doubt saying. it. I think it was uh, it was close to six million was what people were saying. That's. Very, 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 very uncommon. It's because of one man. It's because of Donald Trump. And that's why I think this is not about whether or not he was created by Fox News. 
but it's the opposite. It's the fact that he has created his own media empire over the past, you know, 30 years. Oh, sorry. 24 million viewers. Yeah, that sounds right. Old man's porch. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, So here's the deal. Uh, Donald Trump is a known quantity. Donald Trump is a name. Donald Trump is somebody that when you say that, uh, if you just say Donald Trump, people have an opinion about it. He is not, I think by his own branding and admission, is not a skilled politician. <laughs> I think that's part of, for him and, and his, uh, his, his followers, that's kind of the point, that he is, he is not a, a politician. Uh, and so you realize that there is a craft to this. You know, if politics is the art of getting as many people as possible uh, to go into a booth and press your button... There are people do things for a reason. People hedge their bets and talk in code and um, use dog whistles instead of saying something plainly uh, for a reason. Donald Trump does not have that. And therefore, uh, he (laughs) found himself uh, very much in the crosshairs. So, you know, based on stuff he said, uh, I thought the moderators did a really, really good job of kind of asking very pointed and tough questions to everybody. The difference is that everybody else has covered their flanks. And uh, Donald Trump has not, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, uh, Robin Suter in the in the chat points out that Dan Carlin's Common Sense podcast uh, did a whole thing uh, on the debate that just came out today, uh, and I literally listened to it an hour before uh, going live. Now, uh, I loved what he said. His take was. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is not the candidate I want to run in the general election. He's not the uh, governor uh, that I would want running this country. Uh, However, he deeply, deeply adored that on a stage full of scripted robots – and and, and keep in mind, this comes from somebody who was hoping that Rand Paul would be the wild card that would say outrageous things. But instead, we got a very, very subdued version of Rand Paul that was very bland. And instead, you just had this guy who clearly was speaking off the cuff, saying whatever came to his mind, no matter how insane it was. You know, this guy... This guy used a, a, a national platform to, to to take a dump on a comedian, you know, to just trash yeah. Rosie O'Donnell for no good reason. Uh, it, it was he said in that regard, it was utterly wonderful that uh, he loved seeing, uh, uh, I don't know, a human being in a in a race full of robots. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that he is saying what comes to his mind. You know, <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. Uh, and and uh, that that is also reflected in the fact that he's very thin, you know, for as much as everybody else is, is are, are robots. Uh, you can tell the difference of people who have studied for policy compared to the people who have not. I mean, Donald Trump is 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 very thin beyond kind of rhetoric of like, you know, build a wall. We don't win anymore. We lose now, which is kind of just general words. Uh, but no, I, I agree with Dan Carlin. You know, I, I think I would rather a lot of people care about this element of of our of our political situation. And uh, I enjoy very thoroughly that that Trump is there now. In fact, no, you know, you want to know what? I'm going to double down. I think that he is extraordinarily important. I'm going to talk about this a lot more on, on jury tonight, but like uh, there is a, a great debate kind of happening right now or, or something that was brought to the forefront, which is, you know, in this era of 2015 in which we are kind of 
going through the processes of, as we become more interconnected uh, through internet and mass media, we are confronted more and more with our own humanities, you know, and it is easier and easier on a, ver- on a variety of different levels for us to communicate what hurts us, what pleases us, what delights us, right? And so aware of the pain of others more, we now have this conversation that Donald Trump is bringing up, which is what is politically incorrect, a.k.a. something that needs to be said but isn't said because like you, like you pointed out with Dan Carlin's thing that when you have a bunch of you know, political, literal political robots doing things that, you know, they're saying things that, that, you know, kind of get away from it. So it's like, you know, if a pro-life candidate talks all about how much the sanctity of life matters to him or her, uh, and he really, really hopes that all, you know, that life begins at at conception and uh, that that's something that has meant him, meant the world to him, what he's really saying is, I'm not going to try and repeal abortion laws because he did not specifically say that I'm going to repeal stuff, you know? So he's trying to dance around that. That's what political speech is. So politically incorrect is saying, I'm not going to repeal abortion laws. Now, what is the difference between that and what many people, including myself, believe is just being kind of a dick you know, in, in, in speech and, and saying, well, you know, we don't have time for political correctness, which is why, you know, women are dogs, you know, it's like, well, well, and, and that was one of the fascinating things that, uh, Dan Carlin pointed out was that, uh, you know, you, you get someone like Trump just offhandedly saying like, so anyway, Mexico's chief exports is drug dealers and rapists and, and yeah. you know, into America, I'd build a cartoon prison to, you know, wall them off from the rest of the world. And uh, and then you get the the Fox News folks that are like, uh, where are you getting that? Why are you saying that? Uh, you know, wh- why do you believe that? And, and he just sort of hems and haws and says, uh, you know, I don't know. I talked to the board. That's what I hear. And yeah, which which strangely is the right move for him. Because if people like him, they don't like him for being right or for being fact-checked. They like him because he's saying the things they're already thinking, whether or not they're right in that regard. Sure, yeah. I I mean, there is no doubt that he's touched a nerve of, and you can dissect it however you want, uh, rage in an element of the Republican, and and I would say... uh, uh, Elements of Democratic uh, uh, electorate. You know, I think that that Trump's uh, Trump's main thing is rage. You know, his his he is a big uh, a patronus for anger in, in an element of America. Uh, and, and he is big and he's rich and he's unapologetic. And, and when he is offended, he yells back and he and he gets personal. And there are either. You are either a genius supporter or you are a bum and a loser and a lightweight and you shouldn't have your job and you are duplicitous and disgusting. Right. Sp- speaking uh, of which, uh, Dan Carlin says his favorite part of the entire debate was uh, – and again, I don't want to go you know, keep harping on Dan so much. But, uh, but, but, but Dan says that his favorite moment was when he just shrugged and said outright, yeah, I – by candidates. That's how this system works, assholes. You know, it's a, it's amazing to to have any kind of wild card element like that. Well, which is funny because really his point, like, and again, you just know it's ex, extemporaneous speaking because when you add up everything that he said, his main point was, "I'm the problem. 
<laughs> elect me and I'll stop me. <laughs> Okay, first of all, I, I I was I was nibbling at the edges of this, but now I feel like uh, have you have you decided to to do uh, the 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 contender the podcast? The contender should be a podcast, and I would like very much to be on it. You should you should starting t- yesterday create a podcast called the Contender. You can mention the card game uh, because that'll make you money. But then meanwhile, like uh, I could listen to this crap all day long. People, I've gotten emails about it. Really, I mean. You know. <laughs> All right, here. Let, let, me, let, me, let me play this out. Brian, you play the role of Justin. Uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, should you uh, – Brian – or sorry, Justin, uh, you should really do a, a contender podcast. Oh, well, on the great list of things I should do, um, last place, let me check. Oh, yeah. Add another goddamn podcast to my schedule. <laughs> Appears to be last on the list. I'm Justin Robert Young, and I approve this message. <laughs> Uh, in, I mean, basically the, 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 the short, short, short version is that I don't know how much it would be different than, than what a large part of jury is going to be over the next few months, you know? Uh, so like, I I don't, just, just let me show up and and do a segment with you on jury. I would love to just, yeah, yeah. We want to do, yes, no, that'd be great. Uh, uh, you know, I I think that, that there's, there's a lot of there, like, the, the, the politics talk has kind of always been baked into the brand of, of, of jury, and I think I'll probably do that. Although, it would be smarter to do a contender podcast and, and well, just plus, talk. Well, plus, I mean, that's a, that's a great gimmick and a great brand. And to be honest, um, this is the, you know, the, the, the psychotic third-party libertarian talking here. I love the idea that essentially what the contender does is reduce this, you know, this sociopolitical farce to exactly what it is, which is like it literally doesn't matter whether the blue team or the red team wins. You know, the game is broken and dumb. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, let's let's make a game out of pointing out how stupid the game is. And that will be fun for everyone. And yet also, you know, possibly, you know, educate the populace as to it's like, like I don't know if it's dumb. It is strange, though. Like, it is strange that. You know, you look. All right, so Donald Trump, and, and you were you were dead. You were dead right. Donald Trump is a guy who literally just got up there and just answered questions as if he were literally just in a conversation with Megyn Kelly and Chris Wallace and Brett Bear. Right. Right. Like he was just standing in front of them, like it was a TV show, like it was any other situation where even if there's cameras, he's used to just having conversations. Right. Uh, he did not realize what well, 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 he's in the position of being somebody who is not seduced by the, you know, the siren song of television. He's not impressed by the power that comes with it. He's not impressed with the money that comes with it. He's somebody who has his own uh, brand and media empire. And literally, he's the only man on that stage who literally d- gave zero uh, F words that day. I mean, sure. that, and that was a powerful he place did. to be. However, it is a game. He did it like and it's as if. He was playing Uno, and everybody else had their cards, and he was just playing like, yeah, I play all of them. I win. <laughs> That's the rules. Like, the rules are you play one. Like, no, I don't like counting. Uh, sorry, I don't have time for uh, this. Uh, sorry, you read the rules. That's what's wrong with this game in general. I play all of them. I win. And they're like, no, you're an idiot. And 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 that's that's it. Like, you know, he he plays the game incorrect, and, and he looks like he does for it. Now, there might be an element of, again, the rage anarchy uh, uh, people who, who identify with him who are like, yeah, no, screw that game. That game's stupid. You should just play all your cards. Finally, somebody's <laughs> pointing out that Uno's a dumb game. <laughs> uh, 
you know, there, there might be, yeah, you know, there, there, there might be, there, there is that, you know, there, there's an undeniable element that, that there is that, but, uh, you know, he, at some point you realize, wait a minute, the job of president is to do like, you need to go through channels. Even if you were going to be a righteous, you know, libertine and, 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 and destroy you know, the uh, elements that have, have uh, in your mind, have, have mucked up uh, society, you still need, you can't just walk into the IRS and say, oops, sorry, closing her down. Like, you know, you have to go through the, the parliamentary procedures to do it, right? So that's, it, it's hard when you're just going from a perspective of like, yeah, no, I make up my own rules, bro. Sorry, uh, I'm not here for your, uh, your, your, your BS. Uh, I guess it, it's hard to take that seriously, even on a level of like, hey, let's reform everything because it is reform and not anarchy. Yeah, that's one of the weird parts to me that um, I, I I don't know if I, I I think most people would agree or acknowledge that that Trump uh, has little to no chance of winning the general election. And the yeah. longer he's on or in the spotlight, the more it's an implicit acknowledgement of, well, we need a sideshow to get things started for the main act. Uh, let's turn the spotlight on Trump only because we know for a fact that he will not win. And it, it's almost an implicit uh, uh, condemnation of his chances that he's being given the spotlight so widely at this point. Well, here's the funny thing is that it really depends on where the Plinko chip of Trump lands, right? Because right now, and in that debate, what you saw was Trump, who's this just this barking dog, you know, like just, you know, he's just peeing on the stage and, and you know, like, like he does a backflip and you're like, I didn't even know that dog knew I had to do a backflip. Like he's just getting into fights with the moderators and making, again, Rosie O'Donnell jokes. Yeah, like, right. It's like a, yeah, no, no, a time machine back to 1997. So huge, uh, huge audience for it, both in person and uh, on television. And then- you cut to Jeb Bush, who looks like a guy who is, because he's a very good politician and he knows how to play the game, he is giving reasonable answers that are by and large focus-tested to be hitting the widest possible audience and he is staying on message. And you come away saying, oh, that, that guy that was next to the barking dog, he kind of seems like a human, which is insane because he's the brother of a president and the son of a president. Yeah. He should be, by all accounts, and a former governor. The farthest thing from a human being, Donald Trump is more like you, the average viewer, than Jeb Bush is. And yet, Jeb Bush looks more like a human. Now, that's good for Jeb Bush if the Plinko chip of Trump goes bing, 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 and lands on crazy. Total, total blow up by Trump. Right. If Trump completely blows up, then Jeb Bush wins because he got X amount of time when both the media and the Democratic machine, which would love nothing more than to stop talking about Trump and start talking about how much of the devil Jeb Bush is. Right. Uh, he gets X amount of cover, right? But if Trump does not completely self-destruct and remains at least viable with a core base enough to run an independent campaign – then Hillary Clinton wins because now you are taking people that would otherwise vote for the eventual nominee and let's just sub in Jeb Bush because 
let's be honest. Um, the, uh, which, by the way, again, the, the, fir- the, the, the sooner we all just understand and take a deep breath and deal with the fact that this is Bush versus Clinton and we are in a world of dynastic warring families, like, they're just – it's a fine, whatever. Well, the just sooner feel- we accept it, the sooner we can start getting angry about it is the thing. Is, is, uh, swallow that bitter pill, people. It's going to be Bush versus Clinton. It, it's, just, it's going to be it. And, and for A – at least the, the you know for for anybody who wants to talk about you know the 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 GOP at least they're actually running a primary and not actively trying to discourage people from running against Hillary Clinton because you know we saw what happened the last time you know it, it's like it's like like like, like the, the blow up the moon sketch it's like you know right. like this one's from the circus he doesn't speak sign language he'll do the job and not run <laughs> against Hillary no questions asked Absolutely. Uh, hey, we have a, uh, on the line with a, uh, a, a, a I don't want to use the F word, but a foreigner's perspective. Uh, we got uh, we got tensor guy on the line. Jaime, what's what's your take on all this? Hey, guys. Well, it's, it's very interesting because it was not only a huge audience in the States. It was a huge audience in Latin America. It was gigantic. Uh, people had parties to watch the debate because they 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 now love to hate uh, Trump. And it, it kind of energized the interest. Well, uh, in the how, how much of it do you think is – how much of what we're seeing right now do you think has to do with the fact that you know just four years ago we watched this melodrama before? And the way the melodrama goes is that we have a, a sequence of, of candidates – you know, uh, have a spotlight shown on them, and we watch each of them get melted down for our amusement. You know, uh, Herman Cain, you're the nominee elect. Ah, uh, you're hilarious, and move on to someone else. You know, like is is that is there an expectation that that's what we're going to see this next time? And and uh, you know, uh, Trump is just uh, the first sacrificial lamb. Yeah, but but it 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 seems elevated, heightened somehow. It, it seems oh, yeah. like. Well, yeah, because seems, because, like- because Trump Trump specifically inflamed that issue. Like he oh, came yeah. out and and said that Mexico, not Mexicans, Mexico, the government of Mexico, are sending rapists. Yep. Into the United States. They're recruiting them and sending them somehow. They're like, hi, I'm Mexico. Are you a rapist? Boy, do I have the home for you. (laughs) It's white women as far as the eye can see. No, it's basically, yeah, they they got together their suicide squad of rapists (laughs) and they have sent them north across the border. Uh, to to wreak havoc on on America, which is something that like um and and Jaime, I don't want to speak for you, no, but no. I assume Mexico is is a a stand in for all of Central and yes. uh, well, but everyone south of the Rio Grande, south. yeah, sure, absolutely. But but uh, it was it was also very interesting, and I didn't understand why he had affected so much of us because, uh, and I think what it is is that his stance is not just racist. I think it is a little racist, but I think it's mostly jingoistic. I think yeah. what he's saying is everything south there, you know, is, is, is coming to get us. It's, it, it's, and it, it's very interesting um, because he's, he's hated. I, I've stayed in his hotels. He has a, whole, a beautiful hotel in Panama, and it, they're selling it now. <laughs> Nobody wants oh, to really? go there. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. What? It's a gorgeous place. You but, know, uh, the, but the, the, it's, yeah. The issue is that he he has nobody around him, and and now as evidenced by the fact that his political advisor left, which I cannot imagine 
a more, you know, third nipple position in, in all of politics than Donald Trump's oh, political shit. advisor, that all of it is. And by the way, I love for audio lists. I don't know if this is audio, but uh, always, <laughs> Brian is just putting an endless gif of Stone Cold Steve Austin giving uh, Donald Trump the stunner <laughs> in uh, the, the, the main event, the hair versus hair match of... Uh, of, of WrestleMania, it's over a decade ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. Uh, so, so what, what is the reason why it is, it is so gigantic is because as flimsy as it is, you can always go back to this man might run the world. Right. Yes. Well, like, and, and, and keep in mind, eating in useless polls that don't actually reflect any way, like a like real way that he could uh, even win the Republican nomination, let alone, uh, you know, the, the a general election. And so therefore you can look and it's it's funny because it's the same way that he says Mexico sending rapists and we are losing against China and, and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, yep, I see enough evidence to make an argument and I am drawing. OK, uh, there's guy from mexico and he raped some or killed somebody in in san francisco yeah. and now i'm right you know and it's like yeah. uh donald trump is leading in, in these polls there's a poll hey, they ask people and and he looks like he's winning uh and so now i'm right and trump is going to be president and that's what i'm going to yell about and that's what i'm going to get really really uh, uh upset about either are true but both are enough to start a fire so uh real quick one of the interesting things is that um to me is that uh Donald Trump when you consider him as a front runner has uh fake power like uh, he will not win a general election however uh if you deconstruct where he's at right now he has extraordinarily real power in so far as yes. he is definitely a kingmaker he can with a flip of a switch with a word declare that he's going independent and Hillary Clinton definitely becomes the president like that is a definite power that he actually has right now. Right now. Yes. If we found a wormhole and, <laughs> and went right to November, then yes, right now him, he, he can do that. The unknown, and it is a gigantic unknown, is how long he can keep this power uh, because he, I don't know if you picked up, <laughs> He's a bit of a volatile guy and yeah. has, has a tendency to say things uh, that radically affect where he's going. So the and also running for president is long and arduous. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of time and an independent. And here's why I think we might not see him run independent. Uh, independent candidates don't they light their money on fire. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, and B, they and, don't get bought out. And, and they also end up being hated in the end. And Trump is an extraordinarily extroverted person who I don't think would enjoy having the hate spotlight put on him uh, for, for, you know, for two he's, years. He's got a pretty big capacity for hate. So oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if, if that would necessarily scare him. Here's what I do think would scare him. If he is a Republican candidate that runs, uh, uh, that polls well and then gets to a certain point where it would be better for him to not be in the race. Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Marco Rubio, those candidates that have big donor money behind the scenes pay off Donald Trump. This happens every election cycle. When yeah. you wonder about when, when there's big nominations, 
that happen, or sorry, big endorsements that happen, this happens because the leading candidate pays for shit from the candidate that is giving the endorsement. This is just how this system works. Donald Trump can do that if he ends his run inside the party. But when he goes independent, every yeah. bill that he has spent to get there is now his forever. Right. And everything he spends past there will never get paid for. And I don't but, know if he is willing to do that. But he's also a narcissist, right? So, so what he really wants is to be able to, like in his show, basically say you're hired to the next president. So he's waiting for the right moment to make the, the right negotiations to say, oh, you're the guy because I said so. And, oh, and without I doubt. That, that I think is, is, is very prescient. And I think that will be what will happen is that he will say, uh, yeah, I, 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 had a, uh, I had a great meeting with Jeb Bush. He's a, really, <laughs> he's a great guy. Everybody else are, are losers and lightweights and, and they're really, they're not worth talking about. And then if Jeb Bush wins, Trump will be the reason, according to Trump, right. that, of course. That, 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 that he won. In the same way that I love, on, in the debate, he's like, nobody would be talking about immigration if it weren't for me. As if oh, immigration Lord. in America and a border wall have not been, you know, uh, something that's been, like, you know, we've been talking about for 40 years in America. Yeah. But, but well, you know, Trump says well, it. I mean, I mean but, but he's, the, he's the classic issue. example of the guy looking for a parade and jump to the front of it. And, and, and in that regard, he, you know, yeah, of course. Good place, sir. I mean, yes. It's like, you know, you, you jumped and you said that Mexico, Mexico is sending rapists. And yep. then when defending it says, like, again, here's and, – and this, to bring it back to the contender, this is, is what – where he is uh, a, a real economic – uh, fire starter, which is for me personally. Uh, <laughs> Finally, we speak. With, uh, uh, dude, how far important. are we from unlocking the Trump cards? Uh, that actually is free, and nobody has to spend a, a, a dime on that. Everybody can just follow at Contender Game on Twitter. If we get to a thousand followers at uh, at Contender Game on Twitter, we will do our five Trump cards, and boy, do we have some doozies, uh, including. What, what he got in trouble for uh, this week, which I think uh, we'll, we'll wind up using the actual, maybe, uh, you know, I, I don't know what we'll, we'll settle on, on our version of the quote, but my initial. Oh, Hold on. So it's not the, uh, what, it's twitter.com slash what for the. Contender game. Contender game. Got it. By the way, the tweets are fantastic. They, 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 they have like an onion quality to them. Like, a, <laughs> like they look like news. That's John. John Teasdale has been running, uh, running the, uh, the, 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 the Twitter and man, he has done uh, a great job with it. He just responds to real candidates with what they say yeah. and then like gives our versions of it with these great graphics that, uh, guts and glory made. Uh, but yeah, no, we're doing that. And, and, you know, we're up to, I mean, close to 45,000 on, on the, on the Twitter. Uh, and, and I'll say, man, I, I, I I would be interested to actually like try to find a vector uh, to to see what it is, but I would say at least ten thousand of that is because Trump is in the race, and well, because well, and, we'll and that's that's what I wanted to say is the more ridiculous the race gets, and the more people see it for what it is, uh, the 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 better a card game making a mockery of the situation that's already a mockery of itself will appeal to everyone. Yeah, by the way, uh, Emily Hot Beverages in in the uh, in the chat right now, we played it at 16 Bit Bar in Cincinnati a couple days ago and and I'm I'm really glad that she had a fun time playing it. Uh and also apparently is is getting over her uh 
her uh, PTSD of backing a Kickstarter that not only didn't come through, but also was just uh, a total waste of uh, time, uh, money, and effort. So, uh, so please know anybody who's backing the Kickstarter, uh, we've got everything done. All the hard work is done. We're it will literally- actually come out. You are yes. not investing in a thing. You are buy. <laughs> you are pre-purchasing it. If anything, we are only using Kickstarter so we can just get a better. And, and you know, Brian. I mean, like the the boring, the boring element of business is like, okay, if we buy in a certain amount of bulk, it's cheaper. We can make the the card stock nicer. We can make the shipping faster. You know, that kind of stuff. So it's like if we buy together and we know how many we need to sell, that just means uh, so much more for, for everything. So just know that's the only reason why we're doing a Kickstarter and not just selling this thing is, is, is to get a better final product uh, by way of a big initial purchase order. Right, correct. Uh, all right, well, hey, thanks so much, uh, Jaime Ruiz, sure, a.k.a. Tensor Guy, for calling in. Appreciate it, buddy. My pleasure. All right, have a good one. I'm dropping you off the line. Uh, Justin. Uh, wow, that got a lot more political than I expected on after things, but I'm glad we did. It's 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 I love I love talking I guess talking politics, but it is fascinating. You are the first person that I've ever really bonded with having a conversation of politics in which uh during which I never once felt like you were the least bit interested in what I personally believed because it's about the game, not about, you know, uh, not about who you're betting on. Well, and and it's it's to me a presidential race is really really fun for a lot of different reasons, you know. And and for many people, I would say probably the most popular reason is to attach yourself to a candidate and and ride them to the top, you know. And and yeah, and have that element of you know it, it is a moment of accepted tribalism in our in our country where. You know, everybody, it's super cool to put on pins and go to rallies and jump up and down and say, yay, us, boo them. Right. Um, and, and that's really, really cool. I I don't necessarily find that very interesting personally, um, just because I, I don't I don't necessarily trust most people to, to run for president. But it is it's a fascinating social experiment, which I love. And it's a great uh, window into the soul of what we care about right now. You know, uh, all right. So, real quick plug for uh, the Jury Podcast. If you like more of this, get a whole bunch of this without the distraction of Brian Brushwood or Tensor Guy uh, over at <laughs> just search for oh, just me, a hundred percent blathering <laughs> idiot, uh, dude. Not not quite Trump level barking dog, but uh, but close enough for government work. Uh, dude, um, man, we miss you, Andrew Maine. We look forward to your return to do all the hard things and to be the adult on the podcast. I think we acquitted ourselves pretty well. Yeah, you know, it's been after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.